0: Good morning everyone, it's great to see you today, great to have you here at Crosstown. My name is Paul, Um, I'm the lead teaching pastor here at Crosstown, and um, boy what a great football Sunday, isn't it? We got an extra hour, we're gonna be able to relax and enjoy it, and um, I love this kind of weather, especially when the temperature gets down. I heard that on Wednesday we're getting down to 39 degrees. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's gonna be awesome. Well, thanks again for coming to Crosstown. and hope God is already speaking to your heart. You know, we're going into a series called 25 Days to Thankfulness. You know, as we, we look at leading ourselves into Thanksgiving, and I know you're already jumped on that. You're already wondering who you're going to invite. You're already figuring out where you're going to go for Thanksgiving. You're going to uh, thinking about You know what you're going to cook, and who's going to bring what, and does your mother-in-law have to show up, and do we have to bring, nothing wrong with mother-in-laws, but you know, I mean, those people in your life that you really don't want to have to see, but you got to see. So we want to take a different approach towards Thanksgiving, and uh, when we think about Thanksgiving, we try to add up all the things about our lives. It's like the one time of the year that we try to you know, column A and B, and we add them all up and find out if they are all good. If it all turns out in the positive, we're thankful. And if it's not positive in, in column B, then, you know, we get negative about life and, and get negative. But I think when it comes to thankfulness, sometimes we need that kind of EMT response. Some of us maybe have had a year or maybe are walking in the middle of a life where we just need some jump start. It's not just an issue of mathematics for us, but rather it's God jump-starting our hearts to help us kind of get a perspective of what God is doing in our lives. So, um, so what is it that God wants to do with us during this Thanksgiving season? What is it that he's trying to accomplish in us? What is, what is in the mind of God towards you and me, no matter what we're walking through right now? So we have an opportunity out of the book of Isaiah, verse 61, we we kind of get in God's head. And have you ever heard somebody talking to themselves before? I know that probably if you saw that in public, it makes you a little bit nervous. But in Isaiah 61, we actually have God, we're in God's head, or we're hearing God talk to himself. We're hearing uh, uh, God the Father kind of having a conversation um, with Jesus. And then Jesus kind of tells us the Messiah, tells us a little bit about what's what's in God's head and what what have they been talking about and what is the plan for us as individuals. So in Isaiah 61.1, it goes this way. And the Spirit of God, the Lord God, is upon me, and that's the me is Jesus, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the, acceptance, the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And then I just want you to hear what's going on inside of, of God's he- head, because it's his intention towards you and I over the, the next 25 days. It's been his intention ever since Christ came. But I want you to hear what he wants to do, to comfort all those who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That he wants to challenge kind of uh, our psychology of, about where we are in our lives. He wants to do an exchange of we're feeling this way, but I want to help you think this way. You have a a particular psychological bent in this direction, but I want to help you change the bend of your psychology, the way that you're thinking about your life, thinking about your marriage, thinking about your health. I want to change the way that you're thinking about it. He says, I want to give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and that they, referring to us, "...shall rebuild the old ruins, and that they shall rise up the former desolations, and that they shall repair, repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations." See, I think God wants to change our hearts about the circumstances and the way that we see things going on in our lives. And that if we're willing to change that, if we're willing to allow the Spirit of God to, to help us get from underneath this spirit of heaviness that may be upon your life right now or maybe upon our country, uh, may, uh, may be on your family, that if we, that if we can get from underneath the spirit of heaviness, that, that God's saying, listen, I want to enable you to rebuild. I want you to restore things i want you to be able to uh, improve the quality of your marriage the the quality of this country your dating relationships i want to get you from underneath this this perspective so that you can have a new perspective so that you can begin to build the lives that that god wants you to have so christ did this by proclaiming good tidings that we would know him he did this to heal the brokenhearted, so that, so that we could know freedom. He did this so that he could give us beauty for ashes, so that our broken lives, so that our scarred lives can once again know purpose. And that the, he wants to give us the oil of joy instead of mourning in our lives, that we may know real joy, so that we could be called the trees of righteousness, And I know where you are right now in your life, you may feel anything, you know, like a tree. You may feel like some of the, the sawgrass that, uh, or seagrass that you see in the different estuaries as the, the hurricanes come and they just get blown over and just laid down as the rising tide. But rather, God wants to change our perspective on how we're viewing our lives, what we're thinking about bad events, things that are going on, and how we interpret them. Our, our basically, our psychology towards circumstances in our lives. He's like, listen, I wanna make you a tree. I don't want to make you just a reed that blows in the grass of circumstances. You have a good day, a bad day, a good day, a bad day, good relationship, bad relationship. Rather, he said, I want to give you stability. I want to give you resilience. I want to create within you something robust so that you can begin to repair, so that you can begin to fix, so that you can begin to raise up things that are good in your lives. To give us the oil of joy for mourning. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Because there is so much heaviness around us. There's so much stuff that we look at in our lives that just kind of just weighs us down. And maybe if it's not in our personal life, it's all the other lives around us that we feel responsible to fix. And that there's this heaviness on people and we want to fix it for them. We want to change their psychology. But I think we're going to begin to see that What God wants to do in our lives is going to have to take something about him. And in none of that plan that goes on in the mind of God, as Isaiah revealed to it, did we ever hear anything about God creating a bed of roses life, where life was going to be easy, where God was going to just fix everything about your life so there isn't a challenge in your life. But rather, he wants to change our perspective. He wants to lead us into this thing called thankfulness. He wants our hearts to to be energized and empowered by thankfulness because in that thankfulness, we have the power to begin to rebuild. So as I was thinking about this, and if you've been coming to Crosstown for any amount of time, you know that I'm, I'm really into videos um i'm an add kind of learner and so if you want me to learn anything you you better put the bible on video or otherwise i'm probably not going to learn it so you know i like videos and we've shown a lot of videos from movies and done series on marvel characters and things like that Um, uh, i'm also really into uh, science illustrations from nature I think we've done a whole bunch on some of the, I think we actually did one on the periodical table and, and the periodic table and how it all works. And we've done things on the ocean and, and all kinds of nature. So when I was looking for an illustration, it, this one's a little bit different because it's a joke. No. And I mean, really, it's a joke. I heard a joke the other day that kind of inspired this idea, um, and I know you may think, well, this is our last time coming to this church. You know, it's like this guy's listening to uh, Comedy Central and getting his messages from Comedy Central. Well, that's not exactly what happened. But I want, you to, I want you to listen to this joke because I really do think it speaks to something about what we just heard from the mind of God. So my delivery is not real good. I'm not a comedic type of person, so you have to forgive me if I lose my rhythm in the middle of it. But uh, so, a doctor, so a man went to the doctor the other day. <laughs> I'm already having difficulty. Uh, <laughs> so a man went to the doctor, and when the doctor asked him to point to his pain, the man pointed to his elbow and said, ouch. And then he pointed to his shoulder and he said, ouch. And then the man pointed to his knee And he said, ouch. And then the man pointed to his foot and said, ouch. And then he said to his doctor, Doctor, what's wrong with me? And the doctor replied, your finger's broken. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was a pretty good one, huh? I mean, you can only tell so much in church. You know, I got another one. These three men walk into a bar, okay? I don't even need a script for this one. (laughs) No, um, but you know... It really is true that you can point to everything that is wrong about your life. But if your pointer is broken, then everything will be wrong. You know, if if your pointer's broken and you're pointing to what's going on here, 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 here in your life, but if your pointer's broken, then everything's gonna come up hurting. And I believe our perspective is our pointer. How we view things is kind of the finger that we use to look at the circumstantial events that take place in our lives. And sometimes our perspective, like our finger, gets broken. Um, What breaks it? Uh, Pain breaks it. You can have a different perspective about life and the way that you view life by living with pain. Disappointment breaks it. A Couple things go wrong in a row and all of a sudden you're just wondering if anything good can happen in your life. Success can break it, you know, it can, your perspective can be wrong because you're actually succeeding, and because you think that, wow, this is how life works, and everybody else should do life like I do, and the reason why they don't have this success is because there's something wrong with them, or they're not like me. Self-hate can break your perspective. You have a self loathing, uh, a heaviness spirit that you're under. You will evaluate all the circumstances of life that they're happening because there's something wrong with you and you alone. Vanity can break it, it can keep you from seeing what's even wrong with yourself. Doubt can break it. But also, I would say this unbiblical faith can break your perspective. You can have a messed up perspective because you think God's promised something about the world that God hasn't promised. And so then when you encounter it, something wrong in your life, it just breaks your whole perspective. Watching the news too much can break your perspective. Being on the internet, Facebook too much can can break your perspective. You begin to see all these different things being reported through the media and it begins to break our pointer and we can't evaluate things well. So for 25 days, I just want to invite you to join uh, God and us as we take this journey of choosing and creating a thankful heart in every situation, in every kind of situation that we may experience in our lives. So this is exactly where the Apostle Paul finds himself. Um, He finds himself in every situation. And having to make a choice and you know as the older I get I'm beginning to find that well you know I've I'm I'm beginning to be added to more and more situations in my life that I never thought I would be a part of in my life and you may be a part of that person or you may be that around a person that every time you talk to them it's like oh my goodness their life is really hard it's like, well, you know, their, their, their spouse ran off on them and, and then, you know, they just got back from the doctor and it turns out that they've got something inside of them that, that's going to need some a surgery and, and then you find out they lose their job the same week and, and then, you know, their, their dog runs off with their cat and, and you know, it's, it's just like... And I've heard stories like this and you're just overwhelmed by the situation. And a lot of times I've heard situations in my life that I'd be like, I don't know if I could believe in God with that. I'd be like, I just don't know. And I think maybe some of us have in our mind like a level of things that we would accept from God to allow us to experience in our lives. Well, as long as this doesn't get any worse, as long as this doesn't happen to me. And then we may have like, okay, I'm in. My perspective towards God is a good one as long as certain things don't negatively happen to me in my life. But the Apostle Paul finds himself pretty much in every situation. And we think, wow, I'd love to be a great man or woman of God, being used by God. But you know what's interesting, that I find that every time a man or woman of God is used and we wanna be those biblical heroes, is that God seems to, they not only respond to God, but they get put in every kind of situation. It's like, that's crazy. Your ship is sinking three times. You're you're swimming to the shore. When you get to the shore, you're thinking, wow, can anything get worse? You're building a fire and a, a snake jumps out and bites you on the arm. I mean, my goodness. So the apostle Paul begins to help us understand about how to handle each situation instead of trying to create a God that keeps us from situations. Oh, Lord knows 30 years ago I signed up for that god. Didn't you? Maybe that's what attracted you to to God initially was, oh, the god that will always always fix me, the god that will always keep things from happening to me, the god oh I don't I really would like that god. You know, I really would. But it turns out that God has never represented him self that way but rather in every situation he empowers us to have strength through him so that we can have a thankful heart so that we can live life victorious so the apostle Paul kind of illustrates this for us he's not hiding it you know he's not like okay there's this dark deep secret about Christianity um, that yeah it can be hard but no the apostle Paul puts it right out there is that life is hard. Whether you're a Christian or an atheist sitting here today, life is hard. And so he says in 2 Corinthians 6, 8, he says, we serve God whether people honor us or they despise us, whether they slander us or they praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well-known. He said we live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we, have, but, uh, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. And so he finds himself juxtaposed to life experiences. So if you're here today... And you're kind of like evaluating Christianity, you know, maybe for the next 35 minutes. And you're kind of like, well, if God's so good and if if God's so loving, why are bad things happening on the planet? Or why do bad things happen into people's lives? I want to let you know that the secret of the life that God wants us to have is not the elimination of circumstances, but rather the power that we can have in the circumstances. That has always been the mind of God to exchange your mourning for gladness, to exchange the spirit of heaviness that we all experience and heaviness of this world around us for a spirit of joy in our lives. So amidst the the contradictions of life, Paul chooses to serve God even with his psychology, even with his feelings. He had to decide to point to the things wrong in his life And there were a lot of things going wrong in the Apostle Paul's life. But he wanted to point at them, not with the perspective of a broken finger, but rather with the perspective of God. He didn't want to point at situations with the perspective of the circumstantial reaction. You know, and that's what I think Facebook is. Facebook is just a a, a constant reposting to get our circumstantial reaction we'll all of a sudden see something bad and we will circumstantially just react. We'll see all the different things that take place. If you open up Fox News or CNN, they'll list the five five things you need to know today to get some sort of circumstantial response out of you. And Paul had to decide that I'm gonna evaluate my life. I'm gonna have to, I have to evaluate this shipwreck over here, being bit by the snake over here, everybody running off on me and, I'm going to need to evaluate this differently than to evaluate this on the way of circumstances. I'm not just going to add up column A and compare it to column B and try to determine whether or not I should be happy about life or not. I think God wants us to help us do the math differently. And I think the first step of the path of thankfulness is is to ask God to heal your pointer. Some of us we've got a broken pointer that just needs healing. You know, our perspective is just messed up, and it's gotten messed up a lot of different ways. You know, I mean, churches have broken our pointers. Um, our parents maybe broke our pointers. Maybe something that we did, a failure of ours, has broken our pointers, and so. We want to start with on this idea of being thankfulness and taking a journey of thankfulness. It's not just saying, hey, listen, everybody, break out a piece of paper. I want you to write down five things that you should be happy about. And then I want you to write three things that you're sad about. And then let's do the math on it and try to turn this into a good world or turn God into a good God. I think God wants to do this totally different. I think what's in the mind of God is totally different. And the Apostle Paul prays it this way in the book of Ephesians chapter 118 he says and he's praying he's saying this for us he says i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened i'm praying that the your pointer will be healed so that you will know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in this in his saints he's like i'm praying that god will will help you see that you will be able to get this. Because I know that life is difficult. Paul knows life is difficult. He's talking to a people who know that life is difficult. And he's like, listen, I'm praying that God will, oh, will heal something in you so you can see your life the right way. I think this choice to engage God for a new perspective is what separated people in, in the Bible all the time. And, and I think two people I've always looked at, at their responses, Um, based upon their perspectives, would probably have been uh, Judas and Peter. Judas betrays Jesus, and Peter publicly denies Jesus. So Judas, who spends some time with with Christ, just we know the story. He he turns him over to Pilate to be crucified. and, um, And then we know the story of Peter, who at a campfire, when he was asked if he knew who Jesus was, he, he denies him, and, and we could probably argue over the, uh, wh- which one of these sins is harder, or, or heavier, or the, whether it's um, be- betraying somebody, or denying somebody, and I don't think we really need to, because I think they're both rooted from the same kind of heart, but I think what we see different is, is how it's played out. The circumstances of failure, Judas goes and hangs himself, while Peter returns at a later time to converse with Jesus. I think that's the big difference about when we look at the circumstances of our lives. There isn't a person here who hasn't messed up. But what you do with that mess up is really what determines the thankfulness and the the power and the strength of your life. For some of us, like, like Judas, we go home and we just hang ourselves. Not literally, but we, we emotionally hang ourselves. We, our psychology is, is, I'm no good, God's never gonna do anything with me, I'm too stupid, I'm not capable, I'll never work out for me, and we just hang the future of our lives right there. Whereas Peter, who commits the same kind of wrong that Judas does is, you know, when he has an opportunity to encounter Christ, He swims to Christ as fast as he can to engage in a conversation with Jesus. He enters into dialogue with God about his life and his circumstances. And I really believe prayer is stepping on the path of a new perspective. It's a really powerful thing that we can have in our lives. It is choosing God. It is inviting God to give you a new perspective. it's his perspective that begins to change the way that we view life how things are going i love this one little obscure proverb that says this bright eyes gladdens the heart bright eyes gladdens the heart this idea that if our perspective is changed if we begin to see differently or our pointer is healed it will begin to gladden our heart. It didn't say anything about if the world gets better. You know, it doesn't say that at all. Uh, It doesn't say if, if I find the right person for my life or if I make more money, it will gladden my heart. It's like, no, if my way of seeing things would be changed, illuminated, it will begin to change what's going on inside of my heart, what's filling my heart. I believe prayer has the power to replace worry because worry is just a perspective fear just gets a hold of us paul said in philippians 4 6 he says do not be anxious about anything and and can i just tell you he's sitting in prison when he's writing this talk about somebody who has bright eyes that gladdens the heart i would be like you're kidding me paul in your situation you're telling people outside of prison that to not be anxious for anything he says do not be anxious for anything but in everything by prayer by prayer by prayer by conversation with god now let me just just kind of demystify this can we just call this conversation with god not you knowing all the prayers of of the catechism that you were raised up with or or having to figure out, you know, what do you say first, how do you say it, but just conversations with God. And I know sometimes we get a little confused. Well, should I talk to God the Father, God the Son, talk to Jesus, should I talk to the Holy Spirit? Listen, you know, if, if the three are in one, if you engage one of them, you've engaged them all. So don't worry about don't worry about the the technical aspect of this. I mean, I don't think daddies with, with three-year-old girls are like exasperating their kids on how they actually have convers meaningful conversations with with the child. I don't think I don't think dads are always correcting diction and, and grammar every time a three-year-old child is speaking to their dad. I think they just, as soon as the child begins to speak, they're brought close and they have conversation and heart-shared uh, encounters with each other. So Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, not the restructuring of your life, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, no matter your perspective, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus. This talking to God thing is really important. Uh, It really is. It it is the first thing the apostle tells us on changing how we're viewing our lives. I love what Pastor uh, Craig Groeschel said. He said, what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. Prayer begins the process of exchanging your worst fear uh, for the thankfulness of God. It's, it begins this dialogue where you can take worry and you can get it away from you. You can, you can get it to another place than where it is in your life. Prayer relinquishes control. The I have to fix this perspective. When we present it to God, there's something about our lives our dissatisfaction or our difficulties in life that we want to co-own with God. But that's, that's not what God promises us. God doesn't say, hey, listen, you know, uh, pr- prayer with as a la- pray is a last resort. But rather, prayer should be our first choice. It's our first conversation about a situation. But rather, God wants us, as the writer says, 1 Peter 5, cast all your anxiety, or in another translation, cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Which one of the anxieties does he tell us to hold on to? None of them. He's like, listen, you know, you need to relinquish control of your situation. You need to cast all your cares upon me. Romans 15, Paul says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So we got some sort of conditional clause thrown in here in here so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit he says may god give you this incredible peace as you trust in him as you give it to him you'll experience peace but i don't think there's any version where we get peace and hope from god as long as we remain in control of the anxiety as long as we maintain control on the terms of how this thing is going to be fixed. Another thing that prayer does is that prayer regulates my thinking. Uh, there are a few times in my life where I, I think my thoughts are kind of like in the right place. You know, when I'm driving, my prayers aren't always in the right place. When I'm watch, watching TV, my prayers are not always in the right place. But when I'm trying to talk to God, when I'm having conversations with God, it, it seems like there, all the other thoughts that I have that really just distract me kind of get put into the right place. Philippians 4.8 says, and this is Paul still sitting in prison. Can you imagine all the things he could be thinking about? You know, I don't know if the guillotine had been invented yet, probably not, but can you think of all the ways that he could be thinking about how he's going to die? They're gonna burn me. They're gonna crucify me. They're gonna bury me. They're going to, you know, put honey on my head and bury me around a bunch of ants. And they're gonna, I don't know, run me over with chariots. I, I don't know about you, but if I'm in prison, I'm thinking about how's this death thing going down. And here in the middle of prison, he writes out whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think upon these things. See, when we turn to God, it turns our, away, our, our minds away from these harmful thoughts. And he's like, listen, I don't, want you, I don't want you predicting how your life is going to turn out. I don't want you sitting there imagining the worst things. But rather, when you have conversations with God, allow God to begin to give you good thoughts about your life. And then prayer reveals contentment. Philippians 4, verse 12, he said, I have experienced times of need and times of abundance. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of contentment, whether I go satisfied or hungry, having plenty or having nothing. Where is the place where he's learned this? See, we just want God to make us content. Where is this place where the apostle Paul has learned contentment? It's this time he spends with God. It's these walks that he takes with God. You know, uh, in my own personal life, and you guys are aware, I mean, you know, I've had a really hard year this year, physically, and especially the last two, three months, and getting into a situation physically where I've lost so much of what I used to do and now have to live with a, a, a small degree of pain in my life, but just knowing that that part of my life is gone and, and having to you know deal with this and get injections and, and do all the stuff to kind of mitigate and control pain in my life. And I, I'm and like you, I'd really would like God to take all that away from me. I'd sure like to become a mountain biker again. I'd sure like to kayak and be able to do all the different things that I do. And, um, but it appears at this moment that that's not what's in my life, and that's not going to be the solution at this particular moment in my life, though I continue to pray for it. So I had to, in the middle of all this, I sunk into an incredible depression that I just thought I was just way above depressed people. I mean, come on, you know, it's like I'm from Boston, 16 championships, Red Sox, Celtics, you know, I mean, why would a guy like me ever get depressed about his life? Uh, Break my finger, break my broken, my perspective is that, you know, um, I can control everything, and I'm I'm invincible, and nothing can hurt me. And as long as I have my hobbies, I have a good God. And then all of a sudden, my hobbies are gone, and and I'm wondering about my relationship with God. So the only thing I could do left was it was this crazy thing. It's like, well, what am I going to do? the 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 medicine's not working. The thing's not getting healed. And people have prayed for me. They've they've hosed me down with oil. Um, I mean, they've done everything possible to make me get better. God, what is the only thing? He's like, you're just all I can do is walk. You know, it's like, I can do that real good. So God just was like, okay, I can't stay in misery because I was miserable. So I just started this mile walk around my neighborhood. And, the, you know, the first couple of days, it was like, please, God, please, God, please, God, help my life, help my life, help my life. You know, I mean, it's like I want to. I would rather die than live with this pain. It's like I can't believe this. It's like wow, if I live another 25 years, I'm gonna be an invalid. I'm. Gonna, it's like what? I mean, all these crazy, dreaming things. Like where where we were talking about these anxious thoughts that that I'm I'm imagining all the things that can go wrong with my life. Well, you know, if that disc moves too much, you'll be paralyzed. And if they paralyze you, you got to do the surgery. And and I think you know, if you've known me, you've seen me walking through this journey. And and so I started doing these prayer walks. And um, I, I didn't find a better doctor, didn't find a better hospital. I, I mean, it, it is what it is. And so I started doing these prayer walks, and every day we prayer walk, prayer walk, prayer walk. And can I just be honest with you? I know I'm a pastor. I don't like praying, okay? I'm not, if you're a guy out there and you're like, well, I'm just not into prayer, well, I'm not either. Um, but I'm too ADD, give me something to do, something to fix, and I'll do it. And it's like, no, uh, you're just going to have to talk to me. And I began to see after these these walks, these walks, that, you know, God began to do things, and he began to challenge my perspective. He showed me that he didn't need a 60-year-old mountain biker. He needed a 60-year-old man who knew how to lead people into thankfulness. Um, he didn't, that, that my ego was attached to my ability to play sports or to do physical things or for me not to ask you for help, I'll mow my own lawn, thank you very much. You know, to just be a, a dude that, you know, uh, looks good in a suit. I mean, all kinds of vanity that I wasn't even aware, you probably knew it, but I didn't know about my life. I thank you for sharing, saving, you're not telling me about it for 25 years. But now these prayer walks have produced something in me. And you say, well, is you still taking medication for it? Yes. Is it still hurt? Yes. And people ask me, well, how's your back? I'm like, "Now, well, let's not talk about my back. Because there's other things going good on in my life. Today, God wants to change your perspective and the result of you spending time with god will be this and the peace of god which transcends all understanding or your broken finger will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus it begins with a change of perspective it helps create when we pray an awareness of god in you god what he has done for you, and he begins to reveal it to you. I love what Paul says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul's in prison, and he's writing this. Oh, really, Paul? Why don't you walk through those walls? He, you said he can do everything, you know? And he's like, no, I, maybe the circumstances won't change. But he says, in every situation I find myself, he says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He begins to develop this new perspective that says, I can do this. I can make it. I can live my next 25 years, now I wish it will be 25 years with, with this situation. You can live in this situation, and, and, and God can strengthen you in that marriage or, or in that career or in that physical situation that you may be in. As Paul begins to develop this as a result of a conversation, you know, you know, I got this. You know, he says, I, I can do this through Christ who strengthens me. And, and then he also writes this just a few lines later, my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And it made me realize the tandem there, that when the I can and God will are at work in your life, guess what that produces? Thankfulness. When you begin to get a new perspective that, hey, I know this seems tough for you, I know this seems impossible for you, I know that you don't feel smart enough or good enough or whatever, but, you know, I'll strengthen you. You got this. When when you begin to see that, and then you will begin to see that, also God steps alongside of you and says, I will supply all your needs. I I will meet your needs every single day. I will be there. When the I can and the God will are conjoined together, you're all of a sudden, you know what? three blown vertebrae, eh, as long as nothing more happens to me, I'm pretty good, you know? And if something more happens to me, well, I have a feeling that the I can and the my God will will be there also. And it begins to change our perspective about how we view lives. So for the, for the next seven days, can I just ask you, to ask God to help you see life his way. I know you've got a column going on in your mind. Well, if God's really God, if God really exists, if God's really good, then why am I made this way? Why am I in this situation? Why is it so difficult? Why is this happening to me? Why do I feel this way? Can I ask you to maybe just consider that's a broken perspective and, and for the next seven days, whether it's you're driving to work in your car and you just decide to turn off talk radio, and and you or whatever it is that you listen to and you just ask god god could you change my perspective because i really don't like my life or i god can you change my life because i really don't believe in you you know or i'm having a hard time believing that you're good in this world around us or god i I'm, I'm really scared about what's going to happen to my children or my grandchildren and i'm really concerned about how life is going to be for them when we get older you know can I encourage you for the next seven days? And I wish I could give you a money-back guarantee, um, because I guarantee you, if you'll spend the next seven days, spending just a few moments, just a few moments with God, asking Him to change your perspective about your life and your situations, I guarantee you, in seven days, you will begin to see that in your your heart will begin to have room for this power called thankfulness ask God to help you see your life his way ask God to help create within you a new heart one that's not so hard something that's alive and beating again a a new and a fresh perspective God show me that you can you can do something in my marriage that you can help me in my illness. That you can help me in my success. That Help me see my success differently. My, help me see through my vanity. Help me see through my failures, my bitterness, my disappointments. See, some of us are just, we're just focused on the bitterness. What went wrong to us? What was done wrong to us? The things that were said about us. And we're just focused on that. And, and, and can I just encourage you just to admit today, maybe you have a broken finger. And that your perspective needs to be healed father as we enter into this moment with you this moment that screams a new perspective the broken body of jesus the poured out blood of christ in communion that represents the broken but lord god right on the tail of it comes the resurrection Then in death, we find life. In loss, we find gain. In failure, we find victory. God help us today. Help us on this journey towards thankfulness. That thankfulness is not just cheerfulness, it's power. It's power to live life with strength, resilience, To be in your own words and what came out of your own mind, to become oaks of righteousness, to become rebuilders of ruins, restorers of desolation, all through giving you our heaviness and receiving a perspective that leads to the power of joy and thankfulness. So, as we receive not only your price, may we also receive your victory and your strength. Let me encourage you in this moment to come receive communion. Let us be a time maybe where you pin a prayer or a perspective of yours that needs to be gone and pin it to the cross and just leave it there with God. Maybe this is a time where you have such a spirit of heaviness that you're under that you need to pray with one of our pastors over to the side. But let this be a time where you ask God to heal your broken finger, to gladden your eyes, to, to brighten your eyes so that your heart will be glad.